Welcome to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. Now here's our mama. Hey y'all, welcome back to Getting Cozy with Erin Hill. I am so excited today to have a host of a podcast that I really, really respect and as someone who knows a lot about mental health and dating, as someone who I just had to have on the pod, Lindsay Metzelar, and she is the host of We Met at Acme. That is such a mouthful, <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> you, you crossed it. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. I just really look forward to your videos that you post. How often do you post those really helpful, they're just like 30 second videos or whatever, like a minute video of like dating tips and things like that. How often are you posting those? Because I just live for those. Honestly, so it's like once a day, sometimes even twice a day. I was actually just about to post another one, which I'll post right after this. But it's been so fun just because it's like a little tidbit that, you know, people can get something out of. And I feel like TikTok is like just huge these days. Definitely. And I feel like that's kind of how I found you. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, if you follow We Met at Acme on Instagram, you'll see these wonderful little vignettes, I call them little vignettes of just like mm-hmm. all these great dating tips or, you know, relationship tips just in a cute little video that Lindsay does. And she's so adorable herself. So you'll fall in love with her. <laughs> so before we get into all of that, I just want to know your story. Where did you grow up? How did you get into the industry? Yeah, so I grew up in New York City. And I went to college in Boston. And then I was always just a very curious person when it came to dating. I dated a lot. I was like the person who always had a boyfriend or like a situationship or something. And I was always really interested and invested in my friends' relationships. Like I was the person that everyone went to for dating advice. And when it came to a career, you know, I never thought that dating would be any sort of career. And so Instead, I went into social media management and then decided kind of after I was honestly brutally dumped on my birthday, I was like, Mm. you know what, I think it's time to talk about this. I feel like everyone goes through these dating things and it's not normalized. And at the time, there was no podcast about dating. It was all like crime and news. And I really wanted to listen to a dating podcast. So I just created one essentially. Oh my God, I love that. And I was just like you with my friends and I've been a dating coach for so many years, but I feel like I'm kind of just like a self-made dating coach. Like I just, (laughs) I feel like you probably feel the same way. Like you've just had so much experience, you know, just helping people. And then I just kind of branched out and helped people that I didn't know, which was just so rewarding. But I love that. I can completely relate to that. So God, being dumped on your birthday. I mean, I feel like he knew, right? I mean, he had to know and he still chose oh, he knew. that day. I honestly feel now, like looking back, that that was more a reflection on myself that I even let it get up until that point with that person. I mean, that person was awful. They were a massive narcissist. Mm. The today version of myself would never have dated that person, but I had a lot of learning to do. We are going to get all into narcissism. We spoke offline about that, how passionate I am about narcissism and how we're going to definitely dive into it because there's just so much to unpack with that whole personality disorder. And, you know, there's so many things like, are you born that way? Are you, you know, raised to be that way? I, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. But 
before we get into that, I would love to know, so you said you created this dating podcast. How long ago was that? That was almost three and a half years. I think over three and a half years now. It was October of 2017. Oh, wow. Which is wild. Yeah. I don't know how we are in 2021 now. And I guess we met at Acme as a toddler now. (laughs) That's true. Do you have guests on usually? Or is it mainly just, is it like a solo pod or... Every episode is me and a guest, usually. Every now and then, I will do like a completely solo, full solo episode where I'll just answer listeners and and followers' questions. But for the most part, it is with a guest. And who are some of the guests that you've had in the past that have really been just memorable for you? Oh, there are so many. It's like choosing your favorite child. I understand. (laughs) I, I will say... My therapist came on once, and that was an incredible, incredible episode. I know you talk about mental health, so that was a big one for us, especially, you know, when it comes to talking about mental health. Another one, you know, I have my, I've had some really close friends on, which has been great, and I was lucky enough to, you know, have a few influencers, celebrity types, which has been cool. We actually had an episode with turtle from entourage i don't know if you're an entourage fan yeah that was a a really cool one for us as well oh my gosh go back and listen to that one for sure i get it they all are just like your children you can't you can't choose your favorite although i can choose my favorite child but i'm gonna keep that to myself (laughs) really oh my god tell us the tea you just connect with one more yes absolutely and in fact I think it's because, so it's my son, because I think that when I had my daughter, it was just such a rough go. You know, it was just, it it was very difficult after I had her. She, you know, the whole breastfeeding thing, it was just, she was my first, right? I was literally learning. It was just a crash course. And then when I had my son being the second child, I kind of knew what I was doing. So it makes sense. It was just an easier bond. And I made sure that I had like, you know, put the time aside to be um, completely focused on him. So I'm sure it was my doing, but also, and I don't know if if this is part of it, but I'm very close to my dad and I'm not close to my mom. So I don't know if that also has something to do with it. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I would never tell anyone that, you know, (laughs) although I'm telling Mm -hmm. the world right now, but you know, that's just kind of how it shook out but no I love them both of course but you know I do have a favorite would you would you say that everybody has a favorite child like that's actually a really good poll question I feel like we need to ask I do I think that people won't admit it because of obvious reasons but I do I do think that it's kind of hard not to you know because it's just like I said, the experience is so different when you have ch- each of your children. You know, you might have a better pregnancy with one. You might, I mean, it just all depends. So you either push that feeling down or you embrace it. And <laughs> for me, I feel like I just embraced it. And my daughter knows, like she she definitely has an idea, um, but she's also older and she's becoming like closer to teen years. She's, you know, she's eight going on like 13 and obsessed with TikTok and all of those things. And I, you know, mm-hmm. my son is just still so sweet. He literally just comes in and cuddles me at 7 a.m. every morning and then lets me sleep till whenever mommy is needs to be Aww. awake. So, yeah, just a sweetheart and a doll. And I honestly see my husband so much in him and that I think that also has a lot to do with it. So 
it makes sense. It really does. It makes sense. But I'm going to, I'm going to put that poll out there, Lindsay. Now I'm really, really curious. Oh, I just asked. (laughs) Oh, perfect. Okay. So maybe at the end of this, we can see what people are saying. But anyway, enough about me. I would love to hear what your current dating situation is. So are you currently dating someone? Are you still single and mingling or what's, what's happening with you currently? Yeah. So I am in a relationship and we live together. We've been together for a little bit over a year. I would say like a year and a few months now. We met two months before the pandemic, but we kind of knew each other already through a friend and things have gotten pretty serious. I mean, we live together, so that's definitely a big step. It's our first time living with a partner, both of us. So It's been really amazing. He's an incredible guy. You know, it's so funny. You always hear like influencers be like, oh, like my partner is really private. But like he genuinely is super private. He doesn't have Instagram. He's not on social media. So it's like very refreshing. You know, I think there's so much to be said about someone who is more in the spotlight and just kind of in that world, you know, being with someone who is not. I think that a lot of celebrities can learn (laughs) from that, that it's so healthy. I feel, you know, that's a really, really good dynamic to have in a relationship. What do you, how do you feel about that? Just him not being on social. Yeah. Do you feel like someone who's always like in the spotlight in the limelight should be with another person who is also in that? It's a really interesting question and like subject. I think it's so funny because you see all these actors dating actors. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that could ever work. Don't get me wrong. I think that you should both be cheerleaders for the other. But I think that just being in the same industry or having like the same professional goals as someone, I don't really know how that would work. Like, do you and your partner do similar things like that? I 100% agree with you. No, he is definitely more like your partner. Like my husband and I have been married 10 years this year and he is the biggest cheerleader I could ever have. He's my hype man. Like he is all of that for me, you know, but he knows that that's my thing. Like I love, you know, being in that world and he is so far removed from it. Like he just, he completely is. In fact, he had social anxiety disorder when I met him. And I was just like, how is this going to work? I am such a social butterfly. Like, I love being around people. And I just had to kind of slowly, you know, bring him out of that. Not that that's a bad thing, but, you know, for who I was, like, I wasn't sure how it was going to work, you know? We made it work, and and he just slowly kind of came out of his shell a little bit as far as that goes. And now I would say he definitely doesn't have that. But, you know, he did when we first met, so it was definitely a concern. But I think that these, like you said, these actors dating actors, like, I don't, I agree. I don't think that it can work. And I think that the high-profile clients that I help, I always kind of try to, you know, they all want to, like, date other high-profile people. And I'm like, no, no, like that. If you want something that's going to last, that's not the route you want to take, you know? So it's it's hard to kind of convince someone that. But, and you always hear that thing of, you know, if you're crazy, you have to be with someone boring. Like, have you heard that? Yes. It's it's so funny. My friends and I always talk about like people who don't have an edge want to date people who have an edge. <laughs> yeah. And then like people who have an edge want to date someone who doesn't. Like there has to be this level of like complimenting each other. 
Absolutely. And that's why I love your dating advice so much because it's always so on point. Any topic, any subject that you're talking about, I'm just always like, yep, yep, just nodding my head along with you. Like, so good. I mean, do you think it's just your experience that you've had that you are just so knowledgeable and you just, you have like your finger on the pulse of all of that? How are you so on point every time? (laughs) It's amazing. Honestly, I feel like it's just, and I'm sure you know this, but like having a podcast, you just have to be as honest as possible. Mm -hmm. Like that's how people relate to you. And holding back is just going to hold your podcast back because it won't be as relatable. I agree. I, I definitely have given some tough love to people. And I think it's, I mean, someone has to, right? Like someone has to tell them, the 100% truth. And so I feel like as podcasters, that's our job, right? To put it out there, that truth out there. If we're not going to be honest, who else will be? I mean, people and people like need that honesty. That's why they listen to podcasts. For sure. Now, before we get into narcissism, because I know we're going to have a lot to talk about with that. You struggle with some mental health issues yourself. Do you want to share that with us or do you feel comfortable? Yeah, no, of course. I'm so open about mental health. And I feel like, again, like so necessary to be honest about that stuff. You don't know how many people you help when you are. I was diagnosed with depression when I was 23. And it was really tough for me because I had never been to therapy. I was one of those people who really thought that I was perfect You know, nothing was wrong with me. Everything was wrong with everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I had to look inward and really do some work on myself. And so I, you know, went to a therapist for the first time and she wanted to put me on anti-anxiety or antidepressants. And I was like, I don't know. I'm, you know, that's not something I'm used to. I ended up trying dbt therapy which is dialectical behavioral therapy or dialectic behavioral therapy and it was so helpful for me it honestly changed my life and the therapy is really it's action-based therapy so you learn how to react in situations where you might normally act poorly for me i'm very reactive so this was crucial for my world and it really helped and and through therapy, the depression went away. And, you know, but it's hard. I mean, when you have depression, you're always scared that it's going to come back. And so going to therapy and like working that muscle is, is so important. I am so fascinated by this. I'm definitely reactive as well. How was it able to help you with the depression? Obviously can't get too much into depth of what you discuss with your therapist, but can you give me kind of an example? Like, do they do they take you back to like a situation in your life and just kind of like replay that? Well, you said they put you in scenarios, but can you kind of give us an example? Yeah. So like if you are, let's say you're in the car and you're starting a fight with your boyfriend or something, then it helps you. So GBT would, would help you then focus on something else. So it's all about like mindfulness and not like immediately reacting. Let's say we're back in that situation, right? And my boyfriend says something that's triggering to me, but it's not something that he was intentional. Like it's not intentional fighting, but for me as a reactive human, like it's, it's triggering to me. Right. So then I would, it sounds kind of silly, but like look out the window and focus on like the beautiful trees that were passing. Right. Mm -hmm. And take my mind to like a calmer place 
before I immediately give in to my emotional mind. So it's it's really about being in like in wise mind, which you can only be in once you take a step back and kind of look neutrally at the situation. But it's really hard because emotions get the best of us a lot of the time. And so it's so much about mindfulness and so much about trying to observe what's actually happening instead of what you're imagining is happening. Hmm, very interesting. I feel like my husband and I kind of are very reactive with our children. Like we'll just, you know, we were both raised by people who were yellers and, you know, that cycle, we just want to break it. Like I wonder if that if that type of therapy would help us instead of like yelling at our children to focus on something else that's going on when we get triggered by them or when they push our buttons or, you know, whatever the situation is. Do you think that would be helpful in that case? Yes, I really do. I think it would be so helpful. I think, you know, also recognizing the triggers. Is your daughter intentionally trying to, you know, annoy you when she doesn't pack the dishwasher correctly? Or does she just not know how to do that? And you need to gently explain to her and then, you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I obviously don't have kids, so I don't know. But (laughs) it's okay. I imagine that it's that it's similar. Can I ask when is your birthday? I'm a Leo, so July 29th. Mm, yeah, so fiery. Mm-hmm. Very fiery, yes. And I'm textbook Leo. And my husband is very much not. He is September 29th. So he is oh, uh, he's a Libra. Libra. He's born the day after me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you guys, your sign is, is it air? Yes, it's air. Okay. So yeah, like I said, he's like very, very different than me and when he handles things very differently, but he can still snap like I can. So I think that, I know they don't mean to, they're kids, you know, but they do trigger us to the point where, you know what it is? They're not listening. That is what triggers us. And I don't know why, but if we have to tell them more than once to do something and if they're like still playing their game, we lose it. I mean, we just lose it. So I think that would be really helpful for both of us. Definitely. It it would definitely be helpful. And I can only imagine that if I had kids, I would be the losing a type. So I think that's really normal. I'm excited. I definitely want to talk to my therapist. Now, do any and all therapists offer DBT or is this special like DBT therapy? Special DBT. Okay, good to know. So if you guys are listening, I know I have a lot of parents that listen. Definitely check that out if you're having those issues. I'm going to look into it and I will follow up with that as well because if that's going to help me, it can help millions of parents who I know go through the same thing. So thank you for sharing. I'm excited to hear what you think. Yeah, Yeah, thank you so much. Okay, so let's dive into narcissism because it is such a hot topic. I feel like everybody thinks everyone's a narcissist, right? (laughs) Like I feel like... It's kind of um, like we're in a world of narcissism, which I feel like we are in some respect, right? So give me your take on like your definition of, of a narcissist. It is like technically it's a mental condition where people have like an inflated sense of their own importance mm-hmm. and like a very deep need for excessive attention and admiration. They usually have like troubled relationships and a lack of empathy for others it's you know short for narcissistic personality disorder and it's actually most commonly found in men it comes from and this is something that i learned you know only recently when we did an igtv about this with the therapist it actually stems from insecurity and that's how Mm -hmm. it all begins and kind of trying to make up for or overcompensate for true insecurity deep down and 
It can also happen if like you're raised by a narcissist. It's definitely a very real thing. Definitely. And as someone who was raised by a narcissist, I have my entire life fought becoming one myself. I definitely, you know, as a Leo, I think it's it's very easy to become that way, right? right. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what percentage of narcissists are Leo. <laughs> <laughs> right? I know. I know. I don't even want to know, honestly, Lindsay. But I have fought my whole life to just be nothing like my mother, you know, because I feel like a lot of the things that stem with my daughter, I see a lot of my mom and my daughter sometimes. And I think that I kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, it's scary. Like it's it's a very scary situation considering, you know, that is my daughter and I have to interact with her and I, and you know, and I need to feel love for her and all these things. So it's very difficult because my mom yeah. and I are estranged. And so, you know, that situation, I'm not going to go into it too much, but that is the best situation, you know, for our relationship or non-relationship. But I definitely have, as many of you probably listening, have also dated narcissists. And let's talk about that. And it sounds like you've dated narcissists as well. So when did you figure it out? What was the point where you were like, I'm dating a narcissist? So my narcissist ex was extremely textbook narcissist. Mm. Like, there was no questioning for one second. Was I aware of her from the beginning? No, because I just was infatuated with this person. Mm -hmm. But everybody else around me was aware. And it was really scary because you feel so, like, used and discarded, almost more than, like, a one-night stand when you actually date a narcissist because it literally is never about you. And it never was about you. Mm -hmm. And they move on immediately because they then find, like, a new partner to be a narcissist with and, like, their next prey, literally. And so all your feelings that are probably genuine if you're a normal person, I don't want to say normal person because, you know, it it is, like, technically a, a real problem, but are irrelevant and invalidated. And so... You can feel really alone. Yeah, for sure. And what are some of the signs? Because people are always asking me, you know, what are the signs if you are with a narcissist and maybe just things that could happen in the early moments of the relationship, like when you're first starting to date them? I would say some signs are, you know, from from my personal experience, them like talking about themselves all the time. I'm like not really asking me about what's going on in my life Mm -hmm. or being like interested in my family. It's all about them. Another sign is like they move really fast. There's this thing called love bombing Mm -hmm. where they say, I love you very quickly. And that's a huge red flag because they just like, you know, they're trying to get you to trust them and whatever. And then another one is like they, and this is something I definitely experienced is like they trash talk people in your life and it's almost like in a way to alienate you from them Mm -hmm. and that's really scary like the right person for you I think we can all agree like is not shit talking your sister or (laughs) your best friend like they're just they're not doing that they understand and see why this is your family member or this is your best friend and they also are not a good friend to their friends which is something to definitely pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And then they gaslight you. 
which is not cool. And they make you feel like you are crazy and you are delusional about the ways that you have tried to explain to them that you feel. It can be, again, like a really scary and alienating experience. I agree with all of those. I think also, you know, when I talk to some girlfriends and they're like, oh my God, you know, he's, he's just so into me and, and it's just, it's moving so quickly. Like the butterflies, you know, are there and like, it's, it's a little bit almost like a out of body experience. It's just like so much, you know, I tell them, whoa, (laughs) that is not a good thing. You know, this is, this is not good. You want it to be kind of a slow burn, you know, you want it to be more right. Cause if it's not, then yeah, that should be a red flag. Although women who just want to be swept up and we watch movies and TV and think that's what we want, right? Or what we're looking for. And they know that, right? So they play into that. And so, yeah, that is really scary Mm -hmm. because I think every woman wants to feel swept up by a man she's dating or, you know, in a relationship with. So that is very scary. it can be mistaken very easily. For sure. And the love bombing thing, I mean, my God, that is like... It's just so confusing to the person, right? And they can kind of be like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or whatever. It can be just like a quick switch. That's also very concerning. So it's interesting. I mean, when you're raised by somebody like that, you know, it's not like someone you can break up with, right? <laughs> Especially when you're younger. Right. So thankfully, I had a dad who was very stable and had my back and all of that. But it definitely affected my relationships. I mean, it definitely affected any time I would be involved with a man. It was just very very difficult to overcome and thankfully I've you know found someone um, who loved me for me but if you even feel for a minute that you may be in a narcissistic relationship I think the best thing to do and would hope you to agree with me Lindsay is just go see a therapist and talk to somebody about the relationship you know because you are so in it that you're not going to see all those things and especially you need to listen to your family and your friends if they're telling you these things about this person they know you They knew you before you met that person, you know, Mm -hmm. so you need to put a lot of stock in that and not just brush it off, right? Couldn't agree more. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad you found someone that you're in a healthy relationship and you've come through that. By the way, were you codependent at all in your former relationships? I actually wasn't. Like, that's one thing that I'm very lucky about. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm very independent. The closest I've ever been to being codependent was in the pandemic when and we're still in the pandemic, but like in the height of it, when you like really could not see one single other soul. Right. And I was kind of forced to like only be around my boyfriend. And that's just not me. Like I usually have a massive social life. It was definitely like a touch and go at one point. I remember a moment where we were, I think, spending, like, our first night apart, and I was, like, confused and upset about it, and, like, it was, like, one night apart in, like, six months, which is crazy. Like, <laughs> I I used to travel all the time for work. I wouldn't be around for, like, a week at a time, so honestly, I think a lot of people went through this in the pandemic. I was, it was just, like, very confusing. Yeah, definitely. I know it's funny. I always felt like I was such a social person. And then when this happened, because my husband kept going to work, so I had to keep myself and my family safe. So we really weren't seeing anyone. And I really enjoyed kind of just being alone for the first time, like ever, (laughs) I feel like. 
So it's funny. You think you are a certain way. And then this this thing happens that just shakes everyone's world. And you realize that maybe I'm not the extrovert that I thought I was. You know, maybe I am more of an introvert. So that was a real eye-opening moment for me. But did you discover anything about yourself during the pandemic that surprised you? I think very similar to what you said, I got to a point, and again, like this could be situational, this is an unprecedented time, but I got to a point where I was really fine never seeing anybody. Like, (laughs) I was totally fine with my virtual relationships with my friends, you know, obviously wanted to see my family, of course, but was really okay if I never had to make a plan with a friend again. And that is something, and I'm constantly making plans. So I was thinking to myself, am I constantly making plans, you know, in real life because other people want them and I genuinely am fine not ever having them. And so it made me value my time more. And now that restaurants are open and and whatnot, I'm seeing people, but not nearly as much as I was before. So I actually think it's a really good thing. Same. I completely agree with you. Yeah. I think that as bad as this has been, everyone has been able to find out a lot about themselves and a lot about their partners. You know, I think a lot more cheating has been revealed. I think a lot more deception has been revealed. I mean, it's really hard to hide things from someone that you are with 24-7. You know, so many breakups. and But these were things that probably should have happened. You know, things that were just uncovered. So those are all like blessings in disguise, but definitely kind of heartbreaking to see so much. That being said, I would love to wrap this up by asking you if someone is kind of new in the dating world, what are maybe five tips that you could recommend to someone who is kind of starting out either in the beginning of dating or maybe coming out of a relationship and, you know, starting to date again? I would love to hear. Five tips if you, I feel like I'm like, I'm making it. Yeah. (laughs) Five tips if you are getting back to the dating world or just, you know, have been in it, not having had any luck. I would say the first tip is don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Everyone is going to get rejected at least one time in their life. If you try everything in your power to not get rejected, you're just going to be unhappy because it's like, would you rather have loved and lost or not loved at all? So I would say definitely put yourself out there. The second tip I would say is obviously listen to We Met at Acme because there are some good dating rules in there that I feel like everyone could benefit from. The third tip is make sure that you're bringing something to the table because I always hear time and time again, like, oh, you know, they didn't have this on my checklist or that on my checklist. Like, what are you bringing to the table? Make Mm. sure that you've done the work on yourself to be bringing something really amazing to this relationship or to this, you know, partnership, whatever it is. And I would say number four, don't make first date mistakes, meaning like don't like drink too much, don't sleep with them on the first date realize like you're getting to know this person like treat it like you're making a new friend like do you you know invade a friend's home the first time you meet them no think of it you know treat it in the same way and I would say the fifth tip is to go to therapy (laughs) everyone should go to therapy if they have the means to so that they can learn more about themselves and in turn have a stronger 
mental disposition and date better. Love it. You are amazing, Lindsay. I have to add one more question. Do you think that it's smart to date someone for like all four seasons before, you know, moving in or making or kind of taking it to the next level, seeing them being happy, being sad, being maybe even depressed, being in kind of every season of their life for about a year. Do you think that's kind of a smart, that's just what I've always heard? I've heard that too. I'm going to modify to, I think you should date someone in every season before you get married. Okay. I think living together can, can sometimes honestly be like a good test, but I think you absolutely should date someone in every season before marriage. 100%. Yeah. And I always heard that you should be the right partner and not look for the right partner. Like I know we're exactly right. We're looking for that person, but you have to be the right person before doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. What so. you need is usually inside. Exactly. Oh, I loved this so much. Thank you so much, Erin. This was amazing. Of course. No, thank you. Thank you so much. I have just admired you for so long and it's just, it's an honor to have you. You are so wise and I wish all the best for you. I really do. I hope that you get everything you want, uh, you know, in life and you deserve it. And you guys, please just go follow Lindsay, go listen to her podcast, tell them where to find you, where to follow you, all the good stuff. Thank you, Erin. You can find me at We Met at Acme on Instagram and listen to the podcast wherever you listen to them. And my personal Instagram is at Metz, L-I-N-D-Z-M-E-T-Z. So check it out. Perfect. I hope you guys got a lot out of this episode. I sure did. And uh, just thank you again, Lindsay. And I know I'll be seeing you you online and I'd love to have you back sometime. I just had the best time with you. Oh, I would love that. Thank you, Ariane. So you guys, thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. You know where to find Lindsay and you know where to find me at Getting Cozy with Erin on Instagram. And please go follow me on Clubhouse. You are missing out on some amazing conversations, not only on The Bachelor, but mental health and all the uh, dating, especially um, in relationships. And we're having so much fun without you. So please come join the uh, Getting Cozy with Aaron Club on Clubhouse. If you need an invite, just send me a DM or an email. And love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. As always, please stay safe and always stay cozy. Till next time. Bye.